Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook, still basking in the glow of that Ryan Fitzpatrick interview on Monday. He's just the man. I just want to hang out with him more. I just want to, like, get beers with him and hang out. Guy's so awesome. I, I thought we had uh, a really nice conversation. Definitely want to get him on again soon, especially after he announces whatever's next. I guess I've seen some reports that maybe he'll be doing something for Amazon, which would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, then, as I mentioned yesterday, that Even Money podcast where Steve Fezzik told you, listen, if you're going to ever bet on sports or you go to a casino, this is your best odds. Steve basically told you, if you didn't listen or watch Even Money podcast, how you can gamble for two hours and actually not lose money because you're losing so little that you're making it back on the free drinks you're getting while you're while you're gambling. So love that from Steve. You are going to love today's interview. TJ McCrate, a guy I interacted with during my NFL career, 25 years in the NFL, most recently with the Eagles and through this past draft, through May. So he's only been out of it for a month. So to be able to get a guy that was in the NFL the last 25 years, including this draft, and asking about some of the guys he likes and some things about organizations he's been with and even our our situation when he and I interacted when I worked out for Cleveland. Really looking forward to you guys hearing from TJ McCrate momentarily. Uh, but first, make sure you listen to the Fantasy Feast podcast today because we'll have Brandon Funston from The Athletic. He is awesome going over these big wide receiver moves and which ones are the most noteworthy. So looking forward to that, of course. And then we'll have Greg Cosell, the GOAT, on Friday. The last RTFP will be Friday this week. So I think, like 95% sure at this point. That's also when we'll announce the winners at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod to spread the word via social media, or give us a five-star rating, send it to me. So many good sponsors this week, it's not even funny. Express Clothing, Raycon, LinkedIn, Athletic Greens, 
big fan of the sponsors this week. And then the YouTube shout out. Love the YouTube shout out. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's big show time. The big show. As promised, very excited to be joined by a guy who I think one time told me they were going to sign me the next week and then they never did, but that's okay. I've kind of forgiven him. Uh, TJ McCray, former longtime NFL scout, 25 years in the NFL, most recently through the, the 2022 NFL draft with the Philadelphia Eagles. TJ, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. It's good to be here. And that's one of my biggest regrets was we missed out on Ross Tucker and bringing him back. (laughs) You know what's funny? Um, 25 years sounds so long. And yet, I guess that was 2005. Right. When I worked out in Cleveland, you were there. And uh, you guys kind of said, well, we'll, we're going to sign you next week. And then some things that we can get into that story. But, man, that was 17 years ago. Because it's funny because I look at you as like a young scout, like one of the young guys. Didn't even realize till I saw your Twitter handle at NFL TJ 25 that you've been doing it for 25 years. I've been doing it for 25 years. And. We didn't lie to you. People don't know within an NFL building, you intend on, on signing a player, but then two days later, you could have another position get hurt. We could have a corner get hurt or a safety or whatever. And then, oh, we told Ross that we would bring him in, but then it just, we couldn't do it because we had to fill another spot. So we apologize, Ross. <laughs> you know, that's okay. The Browns screwed me two years in a row. Man, I mean, that. I don't have an affinity for what happened uh, those two years there. Um, let's start with this, though, because um, we'll, I'll get into that whole story. But your background, just because I, I envision you hopefully coming on again sometime. I mean, you just were doing it. Like, right. it's invaluable to be able to get a guy that scouted all of these players for the 2022 NFL draft on the show uh, a, a month after the draft. You just don't get a chance to do that very often. But I think we need to start, TJ, just kind of your background, how you got in in the first place, and then the different jobs you had, the different organizations you worked with. Sure. So I'm going to go back to when I was 10 years old, and my mom asked me what I want to do for a living. And I said, I want to work in football and sleep in hotels. And I had no idea what a scout did, but that's what I ended up doing. I worked in football and slept at hotels. And that was my life. But I actually, after college, I played at Liberty University. After college, I uh, started coaching. And I was at an HBCU, Delaware State University. And people from Philly probably are aware of Delaware State. It's right in Dover. And uh, the scouts used to come through and scout our players. And a Baltimore Raven scout noticed me, brought me in in 1997, and I just started out as an entry-level scout, picking guys up from the airport, uh, whatever needed to be done, I did it. And that progressed from Baltimore to Cleveland, and I had I have been a, a director of pro personnel, a director of college scouting, and a, a personnel director. So I've pretty much done almost everything you could do in a scouting department. And it all started at a little Delaware State University. That's amazing. What position did yeah. you play at Liberty? I was a tight end. 
I was a tight end. I backed up Eric. Remember Eric Green, the first round yeah. Steelers? I backed up Eric Green. He was a great player, and I was, you know, just trying to, to hang on. But then I eventually I was with Eric. He was with the Ravens, and I was uh, a scout with the Ravens. So we met back up again, and he was always mad because we hadn't retired his number yet at Liberty, and he told me to call over there and get that done. But I think we Wasn't eventually- he like – 290 or like just a, a mammoth tight he, end he looked like an offensive tackle if you if you looked at his body I mean he had big legs big shoulders but the thing about him was he was a tremendous athlete he had just quick little pitter pat feet he could catch the ball he could run when Sam Ritigliano first got to Liberty as the new coach Eric was going to be a senior and they were planning on moving him to offensive tackle and the new coach, Sam, got there and said, he's not moving to tackle. This guy could be a first-round pick as a tight end. And he was. He was a first-round pick as a tight end. He was a tremendous athlete. And now, Ross, I'm not sure if you know, but Eric's son is one of the top baseball prospects in the country right now. No, I didn't know yeah. that. That's awesome. Um, so uh, to just briefly tell the story of when I first met TJ, in 2005 – I got, uh, I was, you know, I started 13 games the year before for the Bills, four at center, nine at left guard. We went nine and four in those 13 games, but I had a back surgery after the year in April. As a result, the Bills ended up uh, signing Benny Anderson as a free agent, and then they drafted two guys. And then in training camp, I still would have been on the team and, and, and been at worst the next guy up. But during training camp, I tore my hamstring and I hurt my neck. And I think they just kind of thought maybe that I was damaged goods. So the Bills released me. And I remember specifically, I was married. My wife it was first time I was married as an NFL player. I drove, the only time I've ever done this, TJ, I drove from Buffalo to Cleveland. So that's the only time in my life that I've been in Erie, Pennsylvania. And it was driving from Buffalo to Cleveland um, on 90 the whole way. I get there. I do a workout the next day for the Browns, who would cut Mike Pasillo, who I beat out a couple times in Buffalo in both 03 and 04. So I do a workout for the Browns, for Jeff Davidson, the offensive line coach. Probably, you know, I don't know, four or five of us were there. And we're all in this room. And... You TJ calls me out of the room and said, Ross, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And I come out and TJ said, hey, we really liked your workout. We really like your tape. Um, you know, we, we want you to be a part of what we're doing here. Uh, there are some things that we, we're going to have to wait till next week to sign you. And I said, well, is it the, is it the fact that my fifth year salary would be guaranteed? He's like, well, that's one of them. Yeah. And so I, I, I was disappointed that you guys weren't signing me right then, but I was encouraged that I was the only one out of like Wayne Lucier, David Brandt. I was the only one that you called out of the room to say something to. So I was feeling pretty good that I was going to get signed the next week. And I remember like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, nothing. And I call my agent. My agent's like, listen, they're going to sign you next week. I, I would have heard something by now. And so uh, I don't know what happened there. I think maybe Davidson 
was just more comfortable with Pusillo because he had had him all through training camp or whatever. But that's my that was my intro to TJ McCrate was uh, you tell me they were going to sign me and then it didn't actually happen. One thing I remember, Ross, is you were very respectful and you're a good guy, but you were mad. You were not happy that you weren't getting signed that day and probably rightfully Rightfully so. You, I hope you did. I hope it wasn't December that you drove from Buffalo to Cleveland. That's not an easy drive in December. No, it was August or whatever. It was September. <laughs> it was right after I got cut at Final yeah. Cuts. But the, so the it was problem- Final Cuts. The interesting thing is, um, you know, you guys re-signed Pusillo, who was like the first guy you had cut because I talked to him about right. it. He Pusillo had his whole car packed the night before. He knew he was getting cut, and you guys had cut him. And then you brought him back. And uh, I think that's why I was angry is because I, I knew I was better than him or felt like I was better than him. And I thought I had proven that a couple years in a row. But at any rate, um, what sometimes, a funny story, man. The, sometimes there's just a little bit of a struggle between the coaching staff and the scouting staff. When you've had a player that's been in the building and the coach feels comfortable with him, and but you have a player who's better that the scouting staff wants. Sometimes you kind of have to massage that, and sometimes the coaches win. Sometimes uh, this, the the GM wins. But it, what makes it difficult, Ross? You're a, a guy like you. You've always been successful. You went to an Ivy League school. You're always the best player at your high school, your college. You get to the NFL, and all of a sudden, these things are these bullets are flying at you. It's just different. Kids aren't used to it, and in your situation, it, it didn't work out great. It, it should have worked out better, but it's just the first time in these kids' life they really face adversity. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, um, you know, that's exactly what happened. And I think, you know, coaches are going to usually lean towards the guys that they're more comfortable with. And, and, and the other thing is you guys don't really – if it's close enough – you don't really want to bring in a guy that the coach doesn't really want either. You know what I mean? It, it puts, it doesn't set that guy up for success. So it's, a, it's an interesting point. Um, really good story. So look, I'm going to have you on again at some point to tell some other stories, but I feel like a month after the draft, you you were just doing it. What was your most, how long were you with the Eagles and what was your title there, TJ? I was a personnel executive, mainly in college scouting um, I was there. My first year was actually the year we won the Super Bowl. So I got a Super Bowl ring. So I'm very proud of that. But um, yeah, tremendous organization. We drafted some good players. It's, good. it's a good team. Yeah, I enjoyed my time there. So I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the draft this year since you scouted these guys. You were on them. Um, and obviously you have a history with the Ravens. You and I were talking and 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 texting and um, in particular, you thought it was notable how the Ravens simply look past pro days and the combine to just draft football players. And I, I mean, I think every team says they do that, but they really don't. Every team says they do that and they really don't is exactly right, Ross. If you look at the two players the Ravens picked in the first round, those two players were high on people's board in the fall when they were playing football. But as the spring progressed, they started dropping. Tyler Lindenbaum, his arms were too short. Hamilton, his workout wasn't good. But the Ravens, what they do is they stick to their process. They stick to their board. And 
they they we used to call it the fog of confusion. They don't let all the the forty times and jumping and uh, cone drills affect their draft. That's why you saw them pick two outstanding football players that maybe didn't have the best springs. So we'll see how it works out, but that's their process and that's the, what they do. And that's how they stick to it. Okay. TJ, who cares about the spring? In all sincerity, like what are we doing here? I mean, Hamilton dropped, Linderbaum dropped without playing any football. I, I just, what is the thought process? I mean, Hamilton ran a slower than expected 40. Who cares? That means he plays faster. You knew Linderbaum wasn't going to have long arms. I mean, I, 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 I'll never understand some of these things. It, the, there's a long time between the last football game and the draft. A lot of talk, a lot of workouts, a lot of interviews, and people lose focus on what their process is. I agree with you. That's my I grew up as a Raven. That's my philosophy is you go off what they did on the football field. Um, and I, I, I didn't predict who they would pick, but that those were two players that fit their program. And they actually happened to pick those two players. Those Kyle Hamilton, people were talking about him going in the top five. He's an outstanding player. Tyler Lindebaum is going to be the starting center for 12 years. Outstanding picks. Um, a couple other guys that I know you liked just from talking with you. Um, a guy I like, I did a Colorado State Fresno State game a couple years ago. I loved Trey McBride. I was actually surprised he came back to school this past year. Gets picked in the second round by the Arizona Cardinals. Outstanding story. I first noticed Trey, he was a true freshman in the swamp in Gainesville, and he scored a, like a 50-yard touchdown. And, and this was a Colorado State kid, and wow, that just kind of popped out to me. So you, as a scout, you just always keep that in the back of your mind. And then when he's draft eligible, you hear, you see that he's a great player. He can block, he can catch, he can run, he can do all those things. But as a scout, you dig a little deeper and you look at the, into his history and what kind of human being he is. And I'm sure a lot of people have read about the family that he grew up in, uh, he had some struggles at times. Uh, he was an outstanding high school athlete. He was their all-time leader in home runs at his high school, the all-time leader in RBIs in his high school, the all-time uh, scoring leader in basketball at his high school. So those are just little things scouts look at that uh, make maybe if it's close with a player, you you go with that, a guy who's a well-rounded athlete. And he was one of my favorite players. He came from just from a good home, his brother's played on the team. They're just good people. Great story. So uh, that's interesting. I'm curious about that. How much do you guys look at them playing other sports and their success in other sports? Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing to, at least for me and the organizations that I've been in, it, it shows that you can do a lot of different things. I, I mean, I remember when I was in Baltimore, uh, we had a guy named Tony Saragusa who was an all state wrestler. And he was the kicker on his high school team. He was a 310-pound defensive lineman. But you could see at, when he played football that, that he was an athlete and he could, do, he, could, he could catch, he could throw, he could kick. When you, when you have all those little things that you could do as a football player, at some point it'll show up. It, it'll show up that you're versatile and can do different things. You know, it's interesting because if you ask TJ – 
my college teammates, right? If you if they said when I was in the NFL, people would say to them, "Your buddies in the NFL from Princeton? Like, was he that good? Was he? You know what I mean? That, like, that's what people say, right? Like, how good was he?" And they all say the same thing. They're like, "Well." He's like 6'5", 300, and he was the point guard of our intramural basketball team. Like, that's what they would say. Like, he was the point guard. And I I don't have any um, outstanding, like, physical traits. But what would make people really, like, their eyes open and be like, wow, this guy's a freak, is if they saw me play high school basketball my senior year at 250, bringing the ball up against the press, dribbling around all these kids, shooting threes or intermittent like that's the part where it's like okay that's just different right like that's that that's not normal to be 6'4 250 and be the one breaking the press as a point guard right like that's the stuff that's the type of athlete I'm not saying that to brag I'm just saying like even though I was below average in all the combine measurables those are the type of athletes end up being you know NFL players Absolutely. Well, that's why you played in the NFL, no doubt. I've been in scouting meetings, and we we would say, "Hey, this this guy grew up playing with trucks." What what that means is, you could tell that he may be an offensive lineman. All he can do is be an offensive lineman. He can't catch. He can't. He doesn't have any hand eye coordination. He grew up playing with trucks. He didn't grow up playing with a Nerf ball or a football. I'm a guy like you. I'm sure you were in the backyard shooting baskets or catching balls or throwing a baseball. That makes a difference. That 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 uh, shows us that you can do a lot of different things. So a guy that you thought was a steal, Jack Jones, Patriots, got the corner from Arizona State in the fourth round. Why do you think he's a steal, TJ? Well, I, I well, first of all, he's a, he has outstanding instincts, outstanding eyes. He has a tremendous feel for routes, and he has outstanding ball skills and hands. And you have to look at who he was coached by. He was co- his head coach was Herm Edwards, Marvin Lewis, and a guy named Donnie Henderson is one of the premier de- uh, defensive back coaches in the country. All three of those guys are on the staff. So not only do you have an outstanding instinctive player, but he's extremely well coached. Little things that Jack Jones. Well, first of all, Ross, he has the physical uh, ability. He's he's big enough. He's fast enough. He has all that. But when, when you scout a player, you see him do some little things. Little things to me are he's blocked punts in high school. He's blocked kicks in his career. He has ball production. He can catch. Uh, he had a pick six. I think it was against Arizona. He took, he took it to the house, heaved the ball into the stands. I mean, this guy, he's just got some moxie. He's got some swagger. Had a play this year where he picked off the ball, lateraled, lateraled it to a teammate. So just that spatial awareness to understand. And you, if you really study him, you can see how he can see routes, can recognize routes. To me, that was a steal because he's going to get coached well in New England now. Uh, and you have a guy who's a playmaker. So ball production playmaker, that just popped out to me. And a guy like Jack Jones impressed me with all that. Why does it seem like there's a lot more wide receivers getting drafted than corners? Well, I would the reason for that, I would say, is 15 years ago, if you had a great athlete, he was six feet tall, oftentimes he played corner, Patrick Peterson at LSU. Now, with the spread offenses, colleges want their best athletes to have the ball in their hands because usually there's five receivers out there. 
So if you have a great athlete that comes on campus at 18 years old at LSU or Alabama or Florida or wherever, oftentimes they put them at receiver and they don't put him at quarterback. That's why you see in the draft a bazillion receivers. There's good receivers in every round, but those corners are hard to come by. And I think that's because when they're freshmen in college, they're not being put at corner. They're being put at, at, at receiver. And in the past, that wasn't the, the case. That is really interesting. Um, I thought you were going to talk about how they used to play running back, you know, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's a whole but, other conversation, yes. Yeah, that's a good point, though, because you're right. When there are guys that are tweeners, like I, I do a lot of recruiting stuff for Penn State, like looking at their, you know, evaluating their kids for a, a radio show. If it's close between corner and receiver, they usually start that guy at receiver. They yeah. usually give him there first because – they want to see if he's a touchdown maker, if he's a guy. So I think that's a really good point. Um, definitely have to get you on again. Everyone needs to follow TJ at NFL TJ 25 on Twitter. 25 years in the NFL and uh, until May. You know, he, he's yeah. just getting into the media now uh, about a month later. So this guy is as fresh as it can be. Awesome to get you on the show and have you apart of what we're doing, TJ. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Ross. I appreciate it. So I love that right after we were talking with TJ about hiring and the NFL draft, I get to tell you about LinkedIn jobs. Listen, the sun has come out. Small businesses are back in business. You need to find some people that can help your business. As a guy with three small businesses, I cannot tell you the difference. Well, you guys all know between... Good employees and not so good employees. It makes all the world of difference. And here's the thing. LinkedIn jobs, there's 810 million people on there. Are you kidding me? That's a huge reason why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week? Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. Takes. Hey, Ross, good morning. Let's start with Walmart Air. Rob Walton enters into a purchase agreement with the Denver Broncos $4.65 billion. That's more than double what David Tepper paid for the Panthers just four years ago. That's unbelievable. That's the part of it that's unbelievable, right? Now, there might be uh, factors why the Broncos are worth more than the Panthers, but not that much more. I mean, if you're David Tepper, you just essentially doubled your money in four years from two point. I think two five billion to let's just say it's four point five billion. I mean, just unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, it's funny because there's always all this talk about well, this person's got this person as part of their ownership group, and this person's got this person. It always seemingly just goes to whoever the richest guy is. Like, what are we even talking about here? It just goes to whoever the richest guy is. Duck stakes. 
Speaking of really rich guys, how about Aaron Donald gets a monster extension, which pays him over $30 million per year for three years. Which is incredible, by the way, because they didn't rip up any years of his contract. They didn't extend years of his contract. I mean, they just did a whole new deal, which is very rare. It's not a precedent teams like to do. But here's the thing about precedent. It sounds good until it's arguably the best player in the NFL. Sounds good until you're like, uh, we don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl without him. We do have a chance with him. That changes everything. I am thrilled for Aaron. To be frank, I want as many players to get as much money as possible as opposed to the owners, right? I mean, these owners are making money hand over fist. We just talked about Rob Walton. So I love that Aaron Donald's getting this kind of money. Good for him. He deserves it. I'd also say this. Between the Rob Walton acquisition and the Aaron Donald contract, you know, I just don't don't allow your organization to act like the salary cap is why they can't do the things they want to do. Just always remember that. I'm not saying there's no such thing as a salary cap. It's there. I think it's a consideration. I don't even know if I'd, I'd raise it to the point of saying it's a concern. It's certainly a consideration, but that's about all it is. Takes. A mandatory minicamp this week. Uh, notable players showing up, including Debo Samuel, and then the guys not showing up, DK Metcalf, D. Ford, Alan Lazard, and more. Right, so Alan Lazard did not sign the restricted free agent tender. His agent clearly thinks that he's worth more than that for this year. I would tend to agree. And they're using the leverage they have of withholding their services, trying to get maybe a better one-year deal or a long-term deal for Alan. That I understand. D. Ford is going to be released as soon as he passes a physical so they're just kind of waiting on that and dk metcalf wants a new deal hasn't gotten it isn't happy and i saw a report this morning that said that his absence is unexcused yeah no kidding good news though for the niners at debo samuels there that's huge because it looked like he you know it looked like that 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 situation was too far down the tracks now it looks like they're reeling that back that back in a little bit which is a lesson i think for people as well Takes. I feel like every day there's more Deshaun Watson news, and today we got some, and it's not looking particularly good for him. No, it's a good point, Bri. It, it, it really is not. I mean, every day it seems like there's a new report, new information. This time it was Jenny Vrentis of the New York Times, who, by the way, I have had on this show multiple times to talk about Deshaun Watson, the situation, when it seemed like other outlets wouldn't have Jenny on their show. I still did because I like to have people on the show that do the work, that do the research. And, you know, I guess he, in an 11-month span, he had 67 different uh, massage therapists. She had more and more details. She had more and more details from people that aren't even part of the lawsuit that are just... I don't even, you know, I know this is a family podcast. I'm not even going to comment on them here other than to say, read it. If you're an adult, you should read it. 
And I got to get a, a Browns fan on because I really am starting to get curious as to whether or not you're regretting this if you're a Browns fan. And then even like, let's say they have, let's say he's not suspended or can play a lot and they play well. Do you feel a little dirty? Do you feel a little bit dirty maybe if you're a Browns fan? I, look, I can't answer that for you. I'm just curious. Um, I also was curious about Athletic Greens because I kept hearing people talking about Athletic Greens, kept hearing about it on podcasts. So what is it? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things, everything. Look, a lot of people take multivitamins better than a multivitamin. It's not expensive either. It's less than $3 a day. So to make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Ducks takes. The Chicago Bears lose an OTA practice, and this is due to an impermissible contact. Right, so you're not allowed to have contact in OTAs. You're not, it's not allowed to be a competitive thing where there's contact and guys getting after it, although a lot of times a new head coach like Matt Eberflus wants to sort of set the tone, and guys are trying to impress him. they got a lot of young guys there, a lot of guys fighting for jobs, and so that's one of the reasons why they do what they do there. And the Bears lost a practice as a result of it. You know, they probably would tell you if they got a lot of good work in the other days, it probably was worth it. And finally, Colts linebacker Darius Leonard had back surgery. What is his status then for the season? Well, uh, they think he'll be back by the start of the regular season, but that he'll miss some training camp. All I can tell you, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. You guys know I had a back surgery when I played for the Bills. I don't know anyone that used to have a bad back. This is not good for the Colts. This is not good for Darius Leonard. That's not to say he can't come back. I think he will. That's not to say he can't still play at a high level. I would bet that he would. But most guys I know, it still is there. It still bothers you. And you're still kind of working with it, dealing with it, just like we're working with and dealing with Evergreen Economics. Go-Bangles.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing. Fantasy Feast will be awesome today. And then likely we'll have Greg on Friday. Tomorrow or Friday, but probably Friday. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.